This so, meeting is being recorded. Let's start off with the prayer. Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvinavadhitamastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Hariyom everyone. Hariyom. So, uh, today we are doing Manisha Panchakam uh, Shloka 2 and uh, we will follow, follow the new format. So, over to you Subhu for uh, chanting and going through the summary of the Shloka 2. Okay, thank you Rajesh. <clears throat> Hariyom everyone. Um, I think um, we all know that um, every shloka in Manisha Panchakam is associated with the Mahavakya. So the Mahavakya that has been spoken about in this verse too is actually uh, that of Aham Brahmasmi, which is from the Yajurveda and the Brihadaranya uh, Upanishad. Yeah. So verse number two, Brahmai Vahamidam Jagajasakalam Chinmatra Vistaritam Sarvam Chaitav Avidyaya Trigunaya Asesham Maya Kalpitam Ityam Yasya Dridamati Sugatare Nitye Pare Nirmale Chandalos to Satudvijos to Guru Ityesha Manisha Mama. So this is the verse. And uh, when we go through the translation, uh, the transliteration of the verse, um, like I spoke last time, I think uh, we have, you know, sort of broken this into say many parts when you actually recite it. So Brahmai Vahamidam is the first statement of the Mahavakya itself, which says, uh, I am the Brahman. Okay. Idam Jagatcha Sakalam. That is the same, uh, which is there in the, you know, in everything in the universe. And it is Chinmatra Vistaritam. That is, it is subtle consciousness form and is, uh, you know, unfolding itself. Okay. Um, the second line is Sarvam Chaitata Avidyaya Trikunaya. So it says the sentient world is born out of lack of awareness and Trigunaya is because of the three gunas, the Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. And Shesham uh, Maya Kalpitam and it remains, uh, you know, uh, to be apparently divided, but in fact it is not. Yeah. So it is a Maya that it is, uh, you know, uh, you know, non-dual. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, go to the next line, please. Yeah. So yesya, ityam yesya dridamati. So it says that who, whosoever, um, you know, yesya uh, dridamati. Dridamati is somebody with a firm conviction. Um, you know, ityam, uh, the one who understands the subtle Brahman. Uh, nityam, nityam is something which is permanent. Pare is supreme. Uh, that is something which is, uh, you know, uh, preceding. So it's the first of its kind. And uh, Nirmale is uncontaminated, something which is, you know, uh, completely pure. And Sukhatare is extreme bliss, right? And finally, it concludes with the fourth line, which says, Chandalostu uh, Satudvijostu. That is, whoever has this wisdom, uh, be it a Chandala or a Dvija, who's a twice born, <clears throat> right? Um, you know, who understands this wisdom is the real uh, guru and the perceptor. And I, uh, this is my firm con conviction. So this is the two lines, uh, you know, uh, four lines of Manisha Panchakam for verse two. The translation goes like this. Um, that is, uh, just to read it out. Um, so it says, I am Brahman. I am none other than a part and parcel of the Brahman, the absolute. I am the dwelling on the 
pure and infinite brahman and i'm very uh, very much the brahman himself right this universe is glittering with infinite glow by the power of chaitanya or unlimited uh, energy of the absolute and apparently the universe is assumed by us to be diverse and different things due to our ignorance which is the avidya he speaks about in the you know the second line and the avidya is coming out of the three gunas the sattva rajas and tamas and he who firmly believes at the perfect understanding of this unity and diversity for me is the adorable great master irrespective of whether he is a brahmin or an outcast and that is my conviction and perfect understanding yeah so that brings us to the you know um, understanding of the translation with respect to verse 2 uh, open to discussion rajesh yeah awesome thank you so much subhu and sakuba <clears throat> yeah so um, just to summarize what we discussed in the last session um uh, i think uh, you know um, in the first uh, shloka the shloka goes talks about uh, the uh, the three states of human experience uh, the waking the dream and the deep sleep states and it says that whoever is the continuous uh, entity within these three dif- different states that is the identity of uh, of of me and uh, then it also goes on to say that uh, you know uh, from the creator the creator who creates this u- universe from that creator to the minutest of the ant whatever is the uh, source of uh, energy or, or or the chaitanyam that is there in all of them that is uh, the witness consciousness that is the same as me who is in the three different states of human experience so effectively in some sense if you if you go back and listen to uh, the verse 1 after we have gone gone through the verse 2 you will see that um, you know they are coming uh, the um, shankaracharya is stating it from the perspective of an individual experience saying that okay these are the three states of human experience and the entity that's common amongst them is the witness consciousness and that witness consciousness is the same witness consciousness is there which is there in right from the time the creator of brahma is there and all the you know if we know that brahma is some few millions of millions of millions of years right now billions of years right now to the minutest ant all of them the consciousness element within them is still the same person same entity as what is what is within me and within each one of which one of us and then he says that uh, you know that alone am i and uh, the whatever that that we see outside or when i say see uh, that we experience with our five senses or even with our mind that is that can be categorized as object okay that is not me and he says those are all the things that 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 is that we see therefore it is not me the one who is witnessing all of that is me and then the most important shloka which is which continues in in all the five shlokas is the last sentence which says that this is my firm conviction whoever has this knowledge saying that the witness consciousness within me and witness consciousness right from brahma all the way to the minutest ant is is one and only one whoever has that knowledge be it a brahman or be it an outcast that i consider him as my master him or her as my master and so i get i think that's the refrain that keeps on going in all these shlokas so uh, in in the last uh, satsang you know i think we spent uh, uh, quite some time in terms of uh, understanding these these four uh, uh, these three states of experience and discussing how the uh, the consciousness element comes in all the all the uh, uh, 
the the experience and i think we compared in terms of the dream world and how the real world is different and how they are similar and uh, the a couple of other things that we discussed but i'm somehow not able to remember all of them so maybe if someone wants to share couple of points about uh, what we discussed in the last session we can spend couple of minutes and then go back to uh, discussing uh, shloka 2 contacts uh, uh, rajesh we discussed uh, the elephant uh, uh-huh. running towards shankara that uh, talwar brought up yes that's a, that's a beautiful analogy and i think uh, the answer uh, i think i think that's i think we discussed that naye such na wo such tu hi such that that is a very beautiful summary of that particular episode of uh, elephant and shankara and uh, uh, and i think krishna you you had a you had a you had shared something very beautiful uh, you know it went into my head but i think it went over my head too after that so maybe you want to summarize that now a little bit uh, uh the the story of uh, janaka yes a uh, story of janaka that's correct yeah yeah it was uh, the ashtavakra story uh, where king janaka has a doubt uh, when he has a nightmare he gets up and figures he has a nightmare and uh, but after the nightmare normally all of us would uh, wipe like dust it off and then move on with life but he has a profound question am i king janaka who just had the nightmare that i am a poor beggar or am i really a poor beggar who is now having a dream that i am king janaka in my dream which is the reality one and then only sage ashtavakra is able to uh, clear the doubt for him and he says in both the cases there was uh, i behind you that was powering every single thing and making that knowledge visible to you so that is the only truth fantastic fantastic yeah awesome i think uh, uh, you know let's probably move on now to discuss uh, shloka 6.2 so manisha panchakam yeah i just wanted to mention one thing very quickly uh, if you don't mind uh, subbu your singing is uh, really very very nice so thanks so much for that um, today especially when you sang it it was so effortless <laughs> it uh, it was it came out and your pronunciation is very uh, very clear so thank you hey, th- thanks so much uh, gunsia thank you very much yeah absolutely it is and uh, goes just to just to let you know the secret what what he sings so well it's a lot of practice for him looks like it <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's there but uh, it's it also comes from the inside so. yeah i think one or two more points rajesh i think we discussed about the dream worlds right i mean the first line is all about the fact that the consciousness is something that is across the three uh, states of experience jagrat swapna sushupt issue and we said these three worlds are actually different worlds right what happens in one doesn't necessarily you know help you to um, you know accomplish something in the other right that was one thing which came across and i think um, the second line was all about the fact that that one consciousness which is a witness in all the states is it the uh you know one consciousness or multiple consciousness and the answer to that is it's just the same consciousness which is there in you know uh, brahmadi or pipili kantatanishu so it's the same consciousness which is there uh, that was the other uh, take away um then uh, i think we spent some time on saiva hum nacha drishyavasti uh, 
Drila Pragyapi Astasti Chet, saying that Saivaham is basically the uh, Mahavakya, which is talked about here, which is like, I am that, which is that uh, example is normally quoted of Nisargadatta Maharaj, right? Uh, on uh, I am that. Saivaham Nacha, uh, that is Saivaham is the other thing that came across. And uh, of course, um, um, then we said uh, one of the things that I had shared earlier was also the fact that, um, you know, when the consciousness is experiencing one body and one mind, it is the jiva. And when it is uh, experiencing multiple bodies and multiple minds, it is the, uh, you know, Paramatma, the God in this cosmic being. So that I just thought I'll just add on. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Subhu. All right. Who wants to go? Verse 2.2. Uh, I can start quickly with uh, the brief background for the Brihadaranyika Upanishad, just like I did for the Aitreya. Uh, so this occurs in Yajurveda, so one of the largest Upanishads by the number of verses. Actually, Chandogya Upanishad, Upanishad is the larger one in terms of shlokas, but generally that contains like a lot of practices of how to do upana, Upasanam. So it's not covered as much as in detail. Uh, so for reference, if you look at Swamiji's uh, <coughs> lecture, Brihadaranya uh, Kopanishad has something like 390 lectures. It's way more than uh, Bhagavad Gita's 247. Uh, so that's one. Uh, the Upanishad itself comes from the root word Brih, which means vast, infinite, which is where we get the word Brahman as well. Aranyaka's forest, so it's like a vast, very big, forest. That's technically what the Upanishad name means. It's contained like six chapters and roughly a lot of different discussions. So one is a metaphysical discussion. Another is uh, ten sages are discussing uh, certain topics in one King Dasharatha and Yagnya Velkya are discussing King Janaka as a competition kind of thing going on and Yagnya Velkya comes and wins the competition, arguing with everybody. There's one with Gargi uh, and another sage arguing and then there is a very famous section where uh, Yagnya Velkya sage is uh, ready to give up everything and he wants to go to the forest. And he has two wives, Katyayani and Maitreyi. So Katyayani takes like off all the positions and then he gives the other half to Maitreyi and she says, just like this is very parallel to the Nachiketas story in Kathopanishad, where Yamadharma Raja offers him everything and then he asks, if I get everything, will it really help me answer my final question? Like, will it really reveal me the truth? And then uh, Yagnya Valkya says, no, this is not the final truth. So then says, okay, then give away all the property to Katyayani herself. Like, I want to know that knowledge. Give me the knowledge. And then he's, uh, then the rest of the Upanishad is like discussing all the Upanishad Tattvam between Yagnya Valkya and uh, Maitri. So it's that section, I think, uh, I do not know exactly where the Aham Brahmasmi uh, verse comes in, which one of these uh, discussions. But uh, that, that's a famous uh, Mahavakyam that comes up. There are also two other uh, very interesting phrases I remember. One is the Neti, Neti method. Not this, not this, not this. So whatever you classify, if you can say it as an object, it is not this. So that's one method uh, of uh, how we can try to understand consciousness. So that's one. And then there's another very interesting paragraph, which I have not read in full, but only few translations because Swamiji mentions this in a lot of other lectures. Uh, it starts with Navare, and I have this copied somewhere else in the post in our uh, group chat after. But it's like this very nice uh, paragraph where Yagnya Valkya says, 
the husband does not do anything for anybody else but himself the wife does not do anything but for herself so he kind of like and this is also uh, connected to one of swami spg's lectures where he says whatever thing that you take you do if you kind of keep on asking the question you end up going back to doing because i want to be happy and uh, it's very profound like if you you want a job but okay do the job i won't give you money then say no no i want money okay if it's money you want i'll give you money and then oh yeah okay have all the money but you cannot spend it no 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 i actually want to spend the money okay you can spend it only on yourself but nobody else no 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 i want to spend it for my family too and so each time when we say we want one thing and somebody gives it to us in infinite capacity and says puts on some other restriction our true intention comes up no 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 i want to live it for my family and children i want others to see to be happy and then why do you want to do that and then you kind of come back to the final answer always the substrate is oh because it makes me happy and then he comes to a very profound uh, one big leap from there why do we seek that happiness because that is our true state that peace knowledge and happiness is satchit ananda is our true state that is why without knowing we always want to kind of always go back to that infinite happiness but we try kind of try to take all this shortcuts here and there thinking there is this small goal in space and time or person or object that we can quickly get and that will make us happy only to realize that after we get that we are actually not happy we were looking for something more something more and then the upanishads vedanta that's what it says no 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 you are you can try all that that is why you have like all the karma kanda go through that after you have hit enough roadblocks you will realize you are going to hit only finiteness so come to the infinite this is the way and guess what it is just you you have already got all that infinite thing just have to flip your mind to realizing so anyway so that navare paragraph is the one that uh, sets up this beautiful thing that no matter what you do you are always searching for happiness and that happiness is uh, you so with that uh, the intro to upanishad section is over hari om awesome that is that is super it's okay, beautiful beautiful uh, krishna and uh, incidentally i am listening to brother anika by swami ji the lecture and uh, just two days back is when i landed on the navare uh, portion so this is uh, yagnyavalkya telling uh, maitreyi while he is leaving and uh, he he talks about like step by step by step he presents that uh, uh, and vyagnya valkya calls her are <laughs> that's uh, i found it uh, pretty cute uh, but anyway so he 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 gives the step by step thing beautifully narrated thank you the other thing uh, since uh, uh, i wanted to mention was uh, i i i find the yagnyavalkya maitreyi conversation extremely beautiful overall uh, uh, guntax and i have talked about it uh, even uh, a while back because it doesn't exclude any women or children or anybody from getting this kind of uh, teaching um, i just find that beautiful in the upanishads yeah and also i think uh, you know the way the societal structure was there at that point of time in in doing the vedic quote and quote the vedic period is that uh, people understood intricately the uh, the connection between you know the man and a wife as 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 husband and wife and uh, whatever the husband does in terms of quote and quote the spiritual sadhana whatever 50% of that thing was going to the wife 
so even if the wife was cooking it is it does not matter you know this fellow is uh, doing a lot of tapas and all that stuff it and actually goes 50% of it is given to the spouse so the spouse doesn't have to do the same thing you know it will be just waste of effort so she might as well do the cooking or cleaning or whatever right and, but it it's it's kind of been a misunderstood these days and uh, you know people talk about women empowerment and all that and unfortunately take them down take themselves down okay anyone else on shloka 2 in the text that we were reading um the last anecdote of seeing double um yeah while i understood the story itself i didn't understand the relevance of that story uh, to this whole uh, verse 2 uh, of manisha panchakam what's the, what's the correlation Well, I they, think can it you just, repeat the question? Sorry. The, so, the last anecdote uh, the text, which he's talking about seeing. Yeah, there is this anecdote uh, towards the end of the chapter which talks about, um, you know, uh, seeing double, the, uh, you know, when, uh, say, Brahmachari goes to, uh, uh, goes to some home and uh, he's offered a cup of tea, he asks for another cup and he says that it is for another brahmachari sitting next to me and the lady says there's nobody next to you and he says you kind of fold your uh, eyelid you'll see the second brahmachari and then that lady says uh, you fold your eye and then you'll see a second cup why are you asking me for a second cup right. yeah uday the way i understood it is that again <clears throat> you know actually in reality there is only one yeah uh, there is only one cup and there is one brahmachari right um but um, if you were to have the wheel of you know the maya which is the you know coming out of the three gunas you may end up seeing two you know that's how i took it right because exactly. i think in the second line i i think the second line he says sarva um, uh, you know sarvam chaitata avidyaya trikunaya so this avidyaya uh, trikunaya is basically uh, the the ignorance that is coming out of the three gunas right i think that's keeps on coming in this um, so that's how i took it uh, yes it's a slightly different story when i first read it once yeah yeah i also agree with you i i understood it exactly that way saying that it's all maya and in maya yeah. whether you see one or two it does not really matter that's how i have understood it yeah yeah okay got it cool because it just does not exist actually correct yeah i mean it, it's unreal okay i should not say that it exists but it's indescribable okay shanta shanta hey um while we always say that it is uh, maya it's not dual and everything like you know if i am hungry and the like you know I, i have to eat it's not that the other person eats and my hunger will be solved for so in the transactional world though it is the maya which is like you know consciousness projection and everything you still have to transact in the maya world so uh, you eating cannot solve my hunger right 
that's yeah i mean I, maybe i am i i'm not non advaitic but i'm just trying to understand advaita but being from a transactional point no that's why shankaracharya ran away from the elephant which was which was rushing towards him because he knew yeah. that in the real world you know he has to escape that thing but uh, yeah yeah but <laughs> ultimately it also will go away in the sense like everything the the advaita principle the way that i have understood is it's a shift in the way that one thinks about you know what's there in this entire universe okay which is the one that comes first which is the only one that is there what is the rest of the things that's how we should start thinking about in so my, thinking my point is we gain all this knowledge it is just for my consciousness it is not for somebody else's consciousness that understand this knowledge and continues right it the knowledge that i gain in this janma yeah is to is is that knowledge is just for my consciousness to continue in the next janma with this knowledge right it is not going to be like universally spread and it's not going to transform to you <laughs> that's correct that's correct or, that's correct the way that i so, i would say it, it is rather than saying that my consciousness if you say that you know it it it's this knowledge is for my mind for my sukshma sharira i think that will be perfect okay um what what it is is it's very difficult to understand that the consciousness is one for all when the knowledge we get forget about the materialistic things but the knowledge we gain is also for this consciousness that continues on to the next whereas it's not universal that's how uh, when when i look at it that way it's kind of uh, hard to understand that vaita but i'll get there some day but i'm i right now i am here Shanta, actually, um, you know, I think uh, some two classes back we were discussing about the tree and the forest, right? <clears throat> so, so at one level, uh, you know, you see a tree. At you know, at a slightly different level, you see a forest, right? Uh, similarly, when you look at the hands of the fingers, I mean, they are all different. But uh, you know, when you look at it at a different level, uh, you don't see fingers; you just see a hand. right so this is what they call uh, you know what is referred to as integrating wisdom that is um, at one level the differences appear but on the other different level the dis- differences disappear right so so similarly uh, at at a basic level uh, we are all different we have our own srts and you know we have uh, our body mind intellect which is very different we are only similar at the atman level right and what is being said in the manisha panchakam is it's the same atman which is there in you me and everybody is the same one who is there in since brahma to the ant and is present in all the three states of experience right so i think it has to be understood from that level when you look at it from that level everything is same there is no non duality it is brahman everywhere but if you go down then it becomes this one. so in a way it is unity in diversity that's how i see it yeah yeah beautiful well said i don't know whether it is yeah well yeah Krishna Yeah one more thing to add to that I, I don't know whether Shanta you yeah yeah please go ahead Oh no please go ahead go ahead yeah The the oh, way uh, that go ahead Krishna Ah uh, no no you asked the question so I was just trying to answer your question so please no, answer to Subhu and then the, Yes 
so even though i understand the finger and look at it as a hand and everything right that knowledge i possess is how is that contributing to the one consciousness concept it is still it feels like multiple consciousness like different things to me so 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 the way you know uh, i understand it is it's like a chain right every everybody is a link in the chain right so you know at the end of the day uh, what what at least i have been told when i was young and all is like you no know, you have to look into yourself and correct yourself so that you can influence uh, you know uh, the impact on the society so every chain has to look at it every link in the chain has to correct itself to be able to ensure that the chain is in full right so in a way by transforming yourself you are also contributing to the whole that's how i see it yeah good one krishna <laughs> <laughs> uh yes just to add to that shantai the the point that you mentioned about all of us have to realize it individually is uh, very spot on like swami ji says that's why like krishna could not like tap a wand and immediately give that gnanam to arjuna or immediately tap a wand and like immediately make everybody realize what the real truth is and make the whole war go away it can be only given as a knowledge and it's for each one as long as we associate with our uh, stula sukshma karna sharirams to realize that it's a knowledge but that's it that it just stays as like a knowledge nothing changes about uh, the the vyavahara world that we are transacting in as our body as one another and so on so all that still continues but except that it is with the knowledge that now you now you operate uh, so nothing else changes but then it does give you this profound uh ultimate knowledge that pretend you are god what would you do and it's not even pretending the vedanta says you are god actually you, are god. you create the whole Dham universe Brahma. shiva vishnu brahma everything you create by your power and the you being uh the noun you it's like within double quotes that's aham brahmasmi is the aham is i in double quotes it's not i the body or the mind or any one person uh, can claim that it's the brahman that is claiming that so how do we so how do we get to I... that is the whole process yeah so when i at some point get enlightened let's say tomorrow i get enlightened <laughs> with this that means at that state i will also realize that everybody is enlightened at that point ah uh, not necessarily right not necessarily that everybody uh, would also have the knowledge but do you realize that you are beyond all this and there is like all this play that is happening just like exactly like as in the dream Uh, so like the bracelet what would jesus do what would god do what would krishna do you can imagine our own advaita vedanta bracelet and now think like the whole universe needs to go in and how would it be and if uh, everything is god every object is god every person is god the only way to let it all run is to like kind of do that initial maya kick off with the law of karma and then let it all take let automatically milky way galaxy form a sun form and earth form and then all this humans form and then according to their everyone's karma let it all just uh, go through and continue you cannot identify now with any one body or object or say oh that star died a very fast death or this person had this uh, bad thing because everything is you now you have to have like some kind of fair system and that's where like the the whole law of karma comes up and how does that come up the whole maya kick off uh, at the beginning anadi we say it is anadi the natural no, human instinct is if something is wrong that we want to fix it right but i cannot fix what goes wrong in somebody else's the moment i see that i am everything and okay i have to fix 
the the deficiencies I have, but I cannot fix the deficiencies somebody else's have. That's where the shortcomings are. Uh, but their deficiency is also my deficiency. Exactly. If you take one step back and you know, and to the to your question, when you say I, you know, which one are you referring to? I think that will give you Oh no, you are like asking the Chandala question. Right. No, yeah. So you know, so if you if you are uh, you know, if you if you are saying I have now got an enlightened and do I think that others also so which I are you talking about? It's the consciousness uh, that that part I'm clear. Okay, it's not the me body mind. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a consciousness that you think you know, which is connecting my three states of uh, avastha. Right. I mean that that yeah, yeah. that, but that but not but you but you don't want to extend that to the entire uh, the thing. That's where your confusion is, right? I think the part where I am I am confused is it is more around the consciousness. It's an individualist. Still, it is an individualistic thing. I'm yet to understand how it is universal. Let me put it that way. What oh, I'm I doing, no. what my knowledge I gain is just at my level and not at a universal level, I would say. <laughs> That's what I am trying to tell. Like the knowledge I, you're saying that you and others are one and the same. That's the final truth. I am yet to, um, I, I cannot comprehend that yet. Uh, that, that's where I am. Understood. Sorry if I am. <laughs> no, no, that's a very, uh, sorry, sorry, that's, that's, that's to, actually uh, the topic, that's actually the topic in, uh, talking about in this, in as, this uh, shloka. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got two hands raised. Guns, why don't you go first? You raise your hand first. Hey, uh, sorry. I think VP was trying to say something also. Guntax, uh, oh, to Shanta's thing. Okay, let's uh, let's finish off the thread with Shanta and then get we get to yeah yeah. VP, go ahead, VP. Yeah, no, I was just saying that uh, Shanta, the consciousness that you are talking about, if you start thinking of that as a reflected consciousness, right, and the moment you uh, become enlightened, as you were saying earlier you will realize that you are actually reflected consciousness, the consciousness that you are talking about, right? And the way I have always think about is the example of sun reflecting in different pots where the water is filled up. And everywhere you're seeing the reflection of sun, uh, but the sun is only one, right? It's, it's reflecting in all of us and it is reflecting in different ways depending on the type of the water it is. In some case, it could be muddy water. In some case, it could be Ganga gel. In some case, it could be uh, some other type of water, right? So the moment you first realize that you are actually reflected consciousness, that might help you to realize that there is a meta consciousness, which we call Brahman, is really what is powering everybody else. Then hopefully that framework should help you you know, make this uh, connection that you're you're trying to establish. Yeah, beautifully said. Good. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I was uh, going to give uh, a couple of similar analogies, like VP. Uh, one of them, uh, Shanta, I think it's in the one of the Upanishads also. Um, when there is a big fire, there are sparks coming out of the fire. Um, so those sparks come out and they shine. I think it's the Mundaka actually. Uh, they shine and then they 
they either disappear or go back into the fire. So that is one analogy given. So when the sparks are uh, shining, they are actually individual sparks. So to your point, right? They are actually individual sparks, but they are also part of the fire because they came from the fire. So, uh, and then when uh, the so-called avidya, ignorance and all disappears, um, then the sparks become part of the fire or go back into the fire. Um, the other way I have been trying to reconcile this, and this is a beautiful question uh, because it keeps on, I think it, at some point, you know, many of us are all, almost all of us will keep thinking about it. Um, imagine there is a big consciousness, right? Which is pervading everywhere uh, throughout the universe. Um, suddenly, that consciousness releases like uh, small uh, levels of itself into different parts uh, of this space time, etc., uh, of space time. And, uh, and that's, you know, in one of the planets in some unknown corner. Uh, it, it manifested here and, and we are talking about it. Uh, and then we suddenly realize like Shankara that, uh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere kind of thing. Um, it's a, it, it sounds kind of a little funny, but um, thinking about it makes me think that, okay, I need to actually realize that. And the last one I was going to say was, uh, you know, when Faraday uh, came up with electricity, he ha I don't think he had any idea, or maybe it was somebody else. Uh, I don't think uh, they had any idea about magnetism. But then Maxwell figured out that electricity is magnetism and vice versa. And then suddenly we had electromagnetism, right? Um, and then nobody realized the strong and weak forces holding things together at the, at the nucleus level. Uh, now we know they are holding those forces act very, very weirdly because when you go closer, they are actually becoming very attractive, not uh, repulsive. And then when you try to pull them apart, they, they try to bring them together. Then there is this other mega force, uh, gravity, which we all are attracted by gravity, but then on, that is... Uh, really visible only at the massive scales. I mean, relatively speaking, right? Um, but still, there is a there is a huge effort to say all the big, big, big thinkers, scientists, whoever you want to say, they uh, 99.99% of them say there is one force that has to explain all of these things because we are beginning to realize that Electricity, magnetism are the same thing, and the weak force and the uh, you know the strong force are the same thing. Or and then there is this uh, big fight going on between gravity and quantum levels and whatever. All this physics stuff is happening, and I think Manu sent uh, something which where uh, these string theorists are actually thinking very similarly that there is one unification of everything. But again. According to us, we'll say all this is operating in the Maya world, um, but the the concept concept of thinking is the same thing. There's got to be one powering uh, entity. No, well connected, uh, uh, Guns on that. Thank you for that. So, um, 
Um, Manu, you raised your hand. Go ahead, Manu. Yeah, I I just wanted to um, say, you know, in terms of how does what we are learning about consciousness, how does it relate to the larger consciousness kind of question? And this is how I uh, sort of think about it, you know. All this learning is helping us understand how we are part of this larger whole. And, you know, we are, it's it's really not any different from us. I think it helps us become better people, um, makes us more compassionate, makes us uh, understand, you know, from the other person's perspective better. So in terms of, you know, how does it help um, me, you know, uh, me learning about this stuff how does it help everybody else I think I become a better person that that way the people that I'm interacting with I think are are helped by it and eventually I mean that will spread you know the we we don't even realize how um far those uh those um energies reach um but I think that's that's how I think about it you know why why this learning helps us in terms of what the larger consciousness is. I, I don't think the, you know, knowing that, you know, there's one thing about knowing um, or, or academically knowing that there is a larger one consciousness, but I think constantly telling yourself that and trying to see that oneness in everything helps us become better people, helps, you know, the the environment around us and that's how it sort of connects to the larger whole beautiful manu thank you so much so uh, shanta just to add to to uh, to what uh, uh, what uh, guns was saying and also what manu was saying you know um, i was listening to swami spg's lecture and there he talks about the exactly the same uh, it was a q and a you know the manisha panchakam the second Q&A session, if you, if you read that, if you listen to it, there's a question asked and he answers, Swamiji answers that. And the way that he answers it exactly this, he says, okay, you know that you're Brahman. Okay, I, I, you get it. The question was this, I get it. But uh, I don't I don't see it every day, right? Then uh, Swamiji answers it saying that that happens because there is uh, uh, two possibilities, the possibilities of impossibility. You know, I think that, you know, Asambhavana, you know, it's 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 not it's not there. And then the possibility of doubt. He says when when the doubt happens, then you need to go back and understand understand the concepts a little better. That means Shravana Manana Nididhyasana, uh, Shravana Manana. And when when you say impossibility, when when the person is experiencing that impossibility, saying that how is it that the Atman within me is is entirely the is is the only thing, then that's the impossibility that problem that you talk about. Then he says that that is nididhyasana, which is what Manu was explaining in terms of how you start thinking and how it starts manifesting. That's one part. The other part is uh, you know going back to what Guns was saying. I like the example of the uh, fire uh, and the and the spark. And uh, in another, uh, maybe it's in the same lecture by Swami Guru Parananda. What he says is that. Uh, he says, if if you look at uh, if you look at uh, you know uh, water and uh, 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 waves, okay, there are big waves, small waves, and if you see it, you see big waves and small waves, so you see a difference. But then you just blink your eyes and look at the uh, look at that huge body of ocean and look at it as water, 
Okay, then suddenly the waves, whether it is big or small, whether it is rough or smooth waves and all that things, those differences, you may still see it, but they suddenly become into the background and then you see only water. Okay, again, you blink your eyes and say, okay, I want to see this. Then again, you start seeing the differences and you the water goes back into the background. Likewise, the same thing with uh, uh, the, the sunlight, the sunlight reflecting in each one of us. But going back to the example what Guns was saying about the spark, right? So actually in that Upanishad, uh, Swamiji describes it as follows. So you see that there is a, a huge fire which is burning. Okay, and uh, uh, you know, let's say that it the fire takes the shape of the object that it burns correct so it's burning tree one and then when you see it you see that the tree is burning okay but in fact what is burning is a fire but then it burns a table okay then you see it's like a shape of a table that the shape the table is burning you say table is burning but then finally when you step back and say okay what is this what is burning then it's fire then you see the spark the spark is in a different shape but that's also fire so then you suddenly see that whatever is burning is burning the objects, which is what you had a vision of before. But the one which is burning that entire thing is just that spark, that fire. And similarly, the same thing, you know, in terms of the entire world, the world of differences that we see here, the world of mental thought differences that we see between each one of us within our own thoughts, they're all, they're all part of the existence that, that is being created by that consciousness which does nothing, but it creates it because of the three gunas that, uh, that, that, you know, that's how it is explained, right? In terms of how we see this and everything. So the, the entity within ourselves, which is the sukshma sharira, the reflected consciousness or jiva, whatever that you call, that is the one that is experiencing the differences. And what we're training, training that entity to do is to say that, okay, experience the difference, no doubt, but see the unity also within that. Thank you all. Would I? Hey, uh, so the question that Shanta asked was, when I become enlightened and realize that I'm nothing but the consciousness, will everybody else also realize? Because we are the same consciousness. So everybody uh, should, should be able to realize, right? So logically speaking, Shanta, what we are trying to say is, we are trying to do all this at an intellectual level, right? When we you're, but everybody is embodied or covered with these set of um, uh, the sheets or the avidya, right? Because of which they are encumbered with their own intellect, their own mind and everything, right? So when I realize that I'm nothing but the consciousness, right? In fact, that is everybody is the consciousness itself. Right? It's only the avidya in each individual person that is preventing him from realizing that. Right? There's nothing new that you or I are realizing when we become enlightened. It is that it is all, all there and everybody's consciousness is the same. Right? When I clear the avidya in myself right, or my uh, this thing, then I'm able to real realize that. When everybody else does that, they can realize that too. Right? That's how I logically can explain your uh, question. And so 
by corollary you know uh, i think uh, uh, the all the spiritual sadhana and practices and learning shravana manana nididhyasana all that thing is not for the brahman or for the atma within us it is for the jiva within us in fact uh, i just wanted to share uh, i had been to a brahmakumari workshop uh, you know uh, this saturday and sunday thanks to sakuba um and um, over there just to condense you know uh, whatever they've said uh, they actually broke it down to you know uh, are you a person who's body conscious or soul conscious consciousness okay uh, are you connected uh, to the body or to the soul that's how they actually uh, brought it down and um, so so their 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 principle is that you know uh, when your body consciousness that's where you actually end up uh, you know uh, you know uh, doing karmas and actions which are probably you know not fully right okay but if you are connected to the soul and you're connected to the atma uh, you know and you draw energy from there then you're in a better position to actually you know conduct yourself in a better form of living right i don't know whether that brings in some amount of uh, you know uh, clarity to what manu was saying earlier that um, you know uh, why are we doing all this you know it's it's probably that uh, dimension of body consciousness and soul soul consciousness came to my mind yeah yeah good hey sorry um the uh, uh i i something else came to my mind um so this this extension of uh, shanta's question again and and what uday was saying the uh, this ignorance thing right it works everywhere uh, for example there is this person and uh, guntax i was uh, uh, telling you i think couple days ago or yesterday i think uh, to check out a book that just came out it's called observer uh, by by this uh, doctor actually is a medical doctor neuroscience person uh, is called robert lanza is uh, very popular doctor and all that he has had spiritual experiences throughout his life like he has some experience in when he was a child and then it goes away then he has something teenage and goes away then he gets into this medical profession and he does very well and all that um and then he's he's uh, he's been going through this this kind of thing uh, then he wrote about it and he wrote three books um, on why the observation needs to switch from us observing all these experiments to uh, you know what is actually observing who who is the observing entity what is the observing entity entity or who is the observer so now he has written a book which is a fiction novel and it's called observer um i'm i'm going to go check check out that book but yeah, the thing is i was just trying to uh, say that uh, everybody is grappling with the same question so uh, all these uh, individual jivas are trying to figure figure out the same thing that's all i just find it a little bit funny if you think about it right it's all uh, whole bunch of confused jeevas yeah. 
and i i think we don't need to be confused if 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 we are if you are happy nobody bothers about it right and but if in, it, it doesn't matter what your state of mind is but the point is there is that kida saying that oh i'm doing so many things but still there's something missing there's a void there's a void there's a void <coughs> and then that kida has to go away and that is where we are all here finally for that Uh, one more thing to add to your uh, explanation guntax so the way about uh, shravana manana nididhyasanam so shravanam is the part so so the one prerequisite is the sadhana chatushtya sampatti that kind of prepares that oh i have the shraddha and this i have the scriptures which i can learn and the guru teaches you in the shravanam so what you do not get in shravanam is not available somewhere else so it is only in the shravanam where the guru teaches us tatvamasi or this is why the sequelant see works and this is what the real truth is and so that all happens in shravanam so even after the knowledge is complete at that stage we are going to have lot of intellectual doubts hey, i am like this like really small guy sitting in a small room how can i be the infinite universe that's all the intellectual doubts and also if this is truth then why not some other religion that says somebody was born and they created the religion so you have like lot of this intellectual doubts that come up that is what is cleared in mananam in that step and then even after you have the knowledge you say okay i believe in adi shankaracharya vyasacharya and uh, shiva and vishnu and they say this is the upanishad and i am truth and intellectually now i am very strong because i do the drik drishya viveka or avastatraya viveka and all that thing we do there is still the emotion part the mind all the problem comes because of the mind because we will still see something happen to who we identified as a loud one or loud planet or loud animal or anything and that event or something is still going to affect us and that is a journey that is never complete that is why we do nididhyasana that's like for the mind part the emotional part to constantly say hey you have already reasoned this out there is this knowledge that's available to you please remember and bring it back up to the front and that is a lifelong process it's like asymptotic curve that keeps on going close to 100 but never hits 100 so swami ji says it's like a lifelong process we keep on practicing it every single day because we live in the vyavahara reality we identify with the body and only the body can realize this knowledge you need the atman needs to have this medium through which it can realize itself the truth so as long as we are connected with the body mind and the world and everything else all these external disturbances are going to keep coming up and so nididhyasana is a constant lifelong practice all the moment beautiful beautiful and actually uh, you know i encourage all each one of us to listen into swami spg's lectures on uh, on this chapter uh, you know the q and a second q and a of manisha panchakam right and he says that you know in this he narrates a case of a 90 plus year old swami ji uh, who sanyasi who you know who's constantly reading about uh, uh, gita or you know scriptures and all that stuff and then he explains saying that you know it does it's not that you know it does not understand it's just that he is rebelling being within that particular thing and it's not that uh, he uh, you know he was a big teacher i his, i believe that that uh, swami ji's name was shikshananda that's what he mentions also saying that he he was a teacher and he rebels in that particular thing and he kind of keep is constantly remembering remembering does it mean that that person is not enlightened so swami spg's take is that it's not that he is not enlightened but you know he's he's enjoying learning that particular thing and so he's constantly being within that particular uh, uh, framework and so uh, does it mean that he is not brahman that's also another question what he says he says that that body and mind which has come to him once it drops off at his death he is no more there he is brahman at that point of time so anyone who has understood that particular knowledge the body and mind 
with that knowledge you know will continue doing whatever it it's supposed to be doing till it dies but the moment it dies the body the body and mind dies at that point of time it's gone off into brahman so you are no more born you i strongly encourage you to listen to that q and a uh, second q and a part of manisha panchakam by swami spg want to add a, a humorous side to this whole thing uh, bhagwan ramana maharshi his way of teaching everybody is saying uh, seek the i keep on asking who am i infinitely recursively and go back what the real true source is so apparently the devotees used to have a really hard time asking him any question or solutions because they will say bhagwan i have this problem he says who has this problem and then, so the after after a few years they got the gist of it and said no 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 please you cannot give the who answer who am i answer <laughs> give us some this is like something happening in the real world we need your solution or your advice for this otherwise he'll always keep on saying oh who has this problem why do you think that is you and so on he'll always kind of nudge them back into the who am i world can be quite that, uh, beneficial yeah. krishna that uh, that type of thinking but it can get annoying too i think if you do it repeatedly <laughs> very very true and actually i think uh, who is getting annoyed who is getting annoyed <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so i nice think uh, swami paramatananda ji actually says in one thing so a lot of people interpret bhagwan's teaching as just uh, oh i will just sit and keep on asking who am i and yes you will get confused and it if, but they cannot one point go okay who is getting confused if they go really deep they will also get the realization uh, the knowledge uh, but actually swami ji says uh, you learn it from a guru and then use that as a upasana to ask who am i so the teaching still has to come from the guru who uses the upanishad shastram that's like i thought the more powerful backbone at least in my mind that i needed to make sense because from right from a very young age going in tamil nadu growing up in tamil nadu i have heard of bhagwan ramana maharshi know him as a saint but this who am i think did not uh, really uh, click for me in place and the two swami ji self so one is swami sarvapriyananda ji he gave a talk there is in, it's on youtube for uh, bhagwan ramana maharshi's like birth celebration centenary celebration or something like that and he kind of connected the whole who am i to advaita vedanta and like way swami paramatananda ji also connects he actually has couple of le- lectures uh, upadesha sharam and saddarshanam both of them are bhagwan ramana maharshi's works and he has extensive lectures on the beautiful beautiful lectures and he kind of ties it back okay how does bhagwan's very seemingly simplistic recursive infinite who am i is actually what is taught in advaita vedanta and he gives the the whole uh, process so strongly recommend spg's uh, video and uh, this lecture series for that kalpana you were saying something no i was just saying that uh, swami spg's answer to the earlier discussion is that uh, you are never freed you i mean as a person you are never freed you are freed of the person and it's a very powerful statement so that takes away who's asking who's this you're just freed of that person who's asking who's suffering who's Uh, who's studying? Who's in bondage? You're just freed of that person. 
It's the, the pot and space versus the space and pot. I really like that, that uh, analogy that he had uh, spoken about in the last lecture. And you know, if you look at it as uh, space and pot, then you're really limiting yourself. But the pot and space is very expansive. You know, you can think of yourself very expansive. Yeah. It's a 360 degree view shift and it's, it's really hard to make that shift actually. But one day it just clicks. 180 degrees. 360, you'll be back to the square. <laughs> yeah, we have to be really careful because a math prof is going to show up next week. So I know, better get my fundas right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I saw that lecture, I sent you all the link. Uh, it, it's a, it's an interview with uh, this Indica and and the and the person is uh, he's asking him a question and VK just goes off like just uh, like a rain of slokas right from various uh, areas and then once in a while he looks at the screen and his eyes like are staring like you know and and it's almost like are you listening or not kind of thing. So I just told him today that we completed chapter uh, six uh, and we, now we are into Manisha Panchakam. Then immediately he said, uh, in chapter six, if you want to remember, only one shloka you have to remember. Like you be like that lamp which does not flicker. And he says, Bhagwan has already given us the sadhanas. Just go ahead and do it. Types, you know, he was. Anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, us hosting him next week. Oh, that'll be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it is from his book also, I got that done. Like if he says, you have to take away one thing from Bhagavad Gita as like a way of practice, he says, Na kinchi da that is also coming up in chapter six. So do not think anything else. Like whenever your thought goes to something else, Na kinchi da that come back to the Atman thought and the teachings of Bhagavad Gita. This is probably connected, Krishna. The gentle because, part for uh, Gunz's book, uh, you know, he, uh, Gunz, he really praised your book significantly. He said that this is an amazing book. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, he, he is uh, really, uh, this is a big, big, big blessing, right? Uh, so I, I wanted to make sure even in that interview that, uh, you know, Nitin, Nitin ji did, uh, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned, you know, what Professor VK did. And uh, VK, uh, he uh, uh, is going to say something. Uh, yeah. He talks about, uh, you know, Ketu uh, extending what you were just talking about. He was ta he's talking about like uh, this intellectual and all that. He said, all that is good. That's, that's phase one. Phase two is that devotional aspect of it. That's where the emotional mind has to play in, right? And that's the hard part. That's the tough one. The intellectual thing we can figure out, like electromagnetism, and you know, uh, I, I think we all can very easily figure out. Well, I'm I'm almost sure uh, VK will bring this up. Yeah, let's see. So it's it just a digression on this, right? I I asked uh, <coughs> so VK uh, Professor VK today. I say, uh, so Professor, are you Visishtadvaita or Advaita? Because you know he has got that uh, namam, right? Then he said, he came closer to the mic, to the camera and he said, can you see these three things also? 
then he showed me his vibhuti like this and he said i do this and i do this i am not vishishta advaita i am advaita i just do this because and he gave some explanation for that alpana <laughs> you could uh, not share it last time i mean do you want to share your experience of your meeting up with bk actually mine was uh, we went more on the nostalgic trip of pilani his daughter had also come so okay we didn't talk a lot but i did ask him this question how did you move from maths to spirituality so he must be thinking we all are talking about the same thing more keen on knowing that so he did okay. say i mean it was i mean uh, should i wait it was right from the childhood his father was a big uh, he was an acharya so he taught him and so it was sorry no no yeah in fact no no go ahead uh, yeah go ahead go ahead yeah yeah so that was one thing that i also asked him and then uh, um he was very impressed by what we all are doing so by the group and that we are, we've done so many texts and you know we take this uh, this way of doing it that we do few chap- chapters and then we take uh, take a detour and do something else and i did tell him we are doing manisha panchakam and he was very impressed that oh <laughs> that's wonderful so we didn't talk a lot about uh, about then the spiritual journeys but then we were trying to remember all the kids and uncles and aunts and, and his daughter okay. also came so you have She a longer connection with them right yeah correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i remember uh, vk's uh, house because um, you know for avni avatam we used to actually go to his house to do the changing over of the upanayan of the thread so i remember having gone there in my first year at least yeah so yeah, yeah they were remembering can... that yes yeah, right i can I, i can imagine what you would, what conversation you would have, would have had because you're pilanian <laughs> Yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, you know, the we spoke uh, about you. Hey, uh, JP had a beautiful one uh, from VK, which is all connected, of course. Um, so VK is very famous for his orientation speeches, right? He used to give uh, a really nice, convincing orientation, saying this is the best institution in the world, and all the parents used to walk away thinking, "Wow, this is like uh, you know." Uh, my son or daughter is going to be in paradise for the next four years why am i not doing it kind of thing and uh, jp remember jp is jay prakash from uh, chemical so he uh, he remembered one beautiful thing that uh, that happened in one of the speeches so one parent uh, they, they always you have to write a note and send the question up front when he is speaking so in the end he'll address the questions one parent wrote what is this gpa and what is cgpa what is the difference i don't understand this at all <laughs> because we can used to uh, you know explain with the equation weighted average and all this stuff grade point average so then he said okay i have this question gpa and cgpa let me make it very very simple for you gpa is prarabdha karma cgpa is purva karma that's it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how jp remembered that but it, it was beautiful <laughs> oh, jp also mentioned another one that uh, some yeah. parent had written some some question 
and then he yes. said can the can the student write the question because he could he could figure out it wasn't the the student who was interested <laughs> in knowing the answer <laughs> and then he ran he just ran from there anyway so about bk um, uh, what i would like to say is as i know him not as a math professor but since childhood i've only heard um bhajagovindam sung every friday in their house and we all used to go there so that's how i know professor vk <laughs> than a math professor first so uh, you know when when you guys ask like how did he get into uh, vedantam he he already had that from the beginning and then probably he became a math professor so it was the opposite no no vidya you you give us the answer to the question what uh, but 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly came first <laughs> yes <laughs> but i'm sure he is hey, going to uh, tell uh, different stories which uh, even i may not know about his dad and you know his uh, his his uh, childhood so we'll wait for yeah, that yeah i was just going to say that uh, vidya in in daspe krishna if you see the front uh he gives a huge dedication to his father uh that is he has been his guiding yes. light yeah, and then yeah. another uh another enlightened soul who used to live in kumbakonam or close by there uh who his father learned from so they, they were uh, so yeah. uh, i'm i'm hoping he will have, he will talk about them i think uh, we could probably have it more than 15 minutes if he's okay with it yeah <laughs> yeah i i i requested him for 30 minutes so it's up to you know yeah whatever time that he because you know he's he says that is little hard of hearing so okay he also showed me a devi idol that he has had it for last four generations so four generations wow. of his family have prayed to that goddess and it's such a beautiful it's a small idol but very very beautiful was so nice to see okay let's get back to verse 2 anyone else i am not sure it may be a repeat of what has been done but i liked what swami spg said that pure consciousness doesn't mean that it doesn't have bad or good or anything it is one which yeah. without subject so that was very profound purity doesn't refer to the cleanliness or dirty or <laughs> or bad or good but it is more that there is no subject in it. Oh, sorry there's no object in it object sorry yeah that that is definitely profound um alpana because we always see uh, that good is really pure or very good <laughs> you know but that also is reflected consciousness um but where there's purity um, means how we see as bad or ugly there must be something good so that we can say something is bad or something is ugly right so if if uh, if we can distinction make that distinction between beautiful and ugly or uh, good or bad that means they are actually both are reflected consciousness and not pure consciousness so that that is really profound um uh to to just uh, be with that thought 
that why we always say okay good good and bad why do we distinct you know make that distinction um and then the other one was where he said you know how many entities are apart from consciousness the answer is none um because whenever even apart from our own consciousness when we say oh but that space is outside of us uh, but then here and there are also in your consciousness right so there's nothing which is mm. apart from your consciousness everything is in your consciousness so mm. that was also very 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 profound yeah and i think i think uh, uh, sorry alpana go ahead sorry i finished i think it was vidya no i didn't get that uh, part alpana i i must have missed it but i'm glad you said that i'm going to think about it yeah i think i think you know to extend what alpana and vidya you were saying uh, and maybe you know shanta this goes back to the question what you you, you asked right and it's been going on the back of my mind also uh, i think uh, if uh, if let's say that you know one realize theoretically let's say one realizes that one is not the body mind and one is the atman how is that atman different or is it the same in everything else can we see that unity that was the question paraphrased what uh, what you were asking i think if you logically argue you know if uh, go back to what is subject object drip drishya viveka right so if i am able to see a consciousness in somebody else and if that consciousness is like an object to me then that means that's not consciousness okay it is something reflected consciousness or something reflected like a light shining on a on an object and i'm seeing the object but i'm not seeing the light the light source within me and the light source that is shining somebody else is still the same so effectively if if you if one says okay i understand that i am an individual consciousness but i don't understand how is it the entire consciousness and everything else is manifesting within that consciousness we have to ask that question okay what is a subject what is object that, that was the question i had yeah that that second part that yeah. the question is so another person's consciousness can't be an object to us so that means it is a subject then the subject is only one and uh, and uh, shanta th- this was uh, like uh, schrodinger also had a similar question um <laughs> now i no no actually he did what i have to think about the cat oh my god yeah yeah no not the cat not the cat <laughs> uh, let's not go to the cat but schrodinger has a vision uh, had had a similar question and he uh, he wrote a book called what is life and it's basically all about upanishads and vedanta um because he uh, he called it his second equation and he finished all his lectures with the second equation which said atman equals brahman uh, the first equation of course is the morphic wave function stuff <laughs> uh, but but coming back to your question right he said you know if it is not all the same consciousness why is the observation uh not different for each consciousness 
the observation in general is exactly the same what uh, your jiva is observing is the exactly the same as what i am observing and in fact that is what science uh, always looks for that we all should be observing the same thing but if the observer is different uh, the angles can be uh, or or whatever the perceptive perception can be very very different but it's not right at, at the deepest level it's exactly the same the observation could be the same but the feeling and the experience is different though right what ah, you so experience that, of that is different than what i experience that is still different that that is exactly the the transcend i mean we have to transcend it to that level i don't think you know we are there yet right yeah i'll dwell on this all this this is we are we are very much in the sense organ observation level we are not in the higher level of observation i don't yeah. think no or even the mind at the mental level you know our our what we observe is colored by what uh, how our mind is um, conditioned correct yep that's yes, all so the dreams are so different for each one of us i don't think that there's any dream even one one night to next night the dreams are different for each one of us right. i have not had a continuity in my dream at all you know i i have, like, I have tried but i have failed to sleep again and again follow up the same dream no way doesn't work i i, I have tried that uh, guntax and i have failed i would try to I continue the dream and that is just <laughs> in it's not the real dream <laughs> the very few times i have remembered a dream i have tried to continue it but yeah now, i think i asked this question one, one point of time and i asked how many of you actually dreamt with you not being in the dream i have never dreamt a dream where i was not there in the dream or at least you are not, not even as an observer yeah you are observing right that's possible no <laughs> but i think um, you know uh, whatever uh, you know the sua my question and you know the repetitive asking of the my is also when you look at it from an underlining uh, uh, curiosity it is about to find out what is the reality right i think um, and the way advaitam uh, you know sort of advaita defines reality is something which is permanent uh, which has been in the past and present and is continuing to be in the future right um so that's the other take uh, i had because that's how they probably are looking for the real thing and it's not about every other experience but it's about what is real and what is staying across the you know past present and future i think uh, who am i question confuses instead of that if you start thinking about what am i probably that's a closer Uh, question to the inquiry than who am i because in who am i you are assuming i which is the ahankar which is the identity and then we start trying to think who who is that i so instead of that if you change the question to what am i uh, it will give you a slightly different answer it could and i think uh, another confusion that is there is when Uh, when we differentiate between a pot space or a room or a uh, this thing so what we have to think is 
pot space is the title given to the space not to the pot and the way we are thinking about us is the body or even the mind etc which is actually the uh it is the appropriating function but the title given to is the is the space so the title is given to the atman not to the mind or body etc yeah and hence the, the thinking has to change and and hence i'm saying that instead of saying who am i because in who am i you're stuck to the pot and from the pot's perspective you're trying to find who is i but when you say what am i then you will go to the space or to the atman and that atman is there everywhere homogeneous contiguous and then each individual body subtle body is limiting it to just that part but can it break that atman no and hence that consciousness is one because the consciousness like space is present everywhere and wherever our subtle body moves we take atman of that space so it's not that the atman is moving and hence your question about when i get enlightened so basically i drop the identity of the pot and i think of myself as the space now space is contiguous so when if i was standing here and then i move and another person comes here so that person is taking the atman of the place where originally i was correct so so think of it more like a space actually space is a great example to yeah. to think about the question what am i that i am that contiguous space or i am that contiguous electricity in the wire wherever the plug comes in it takes the electricity from there and it operates so that is the tool that is the body that is the mind it takes power from the atman wherever it is and hence it is one i it is contiguous it is contiguous atman and when a person is enlightened that means it drops the identity of the pot and it thinks of itself as the space then for that person everybody is enlightened because it's just that nothing else is there these are just name and form given once it starts thinking of it from the angle of gold there is the ornaments are just a name and form which don't have independent identity you cannot and those are the examples i think swami spg keeps giving you can't say okay you keep the gold and give me the ornament so so that contiguous thing is atman and hence it is one and it is one same in everybody and we all keep taking the same we share that atman we keep taking we as now i'm talking about from the transactional reality perspective we share that atman and we keep taking wherever we go we take that space or the atman does that make it clearer shanta you look even more confused now sorry no i'm just imagining how that would be like and uh, okay i i'll save my question for the next lecture i have other question but i'll save it for next lecture hope i'll remember that's why you should tell the questions we can discuss oh, next you, uh, time. you tell the questions so we can also get confused for the next one week and then uh, prepare for that <laughs> or you put it in the chat box you put it in the chat yeah i'll put it in our chat
So I wanted to share, um, I, I've been uh, listening to Dr. Jairaman, who, who was talking about uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter 10, which is Vibhuti Yoga. And yesterday he, he brought a beautiful example of uh, a small boy in uh, Ayodhya uh, who had gone with many other, you know, um, sannyasis. Uh, but he, he was very small, but he would give lectures and he had a lot of followers. And once he had gone uh, for, you know, kind of a retreat and all the, uh, you know, his fellow sannyasis had given lectures and they wanted to go out. Um, and he was just waiting uh, and reading his book in his hut. And everybody was making fun of him. You know, why don't you come out and... Uh, mingle with others and see this beautiful world. Everything is Brahman and why you want to just be uh, there uh, and read in the hut and just be with your other, you know, pupils. So he says that for me, it is only these pupils that I'm seeing now is Brahman. So I'm so excited that I don't want to go outside and see it. And I felt like that was so powerful because he is seeing it, you know, he's a, he's a learned person, even though he's very young, but he's seeing his uh, students as Brahman. It was, it, to me, it was like, wow, an, an eye opener. Like, how can, how can that person be at that place where he himself is seeing others as Brahman? Um, so just wanted to share that. It, it, was, it was really awesome. Beautiful. 7.29, just uh, one more minute. Any last, you know, comments, questions? Yeah, just one quick thing to add to uh, Alpana. So I was thinking about the who am I, what am I thing. Uh, like a nice, uh, I think it might probably be the translation problem. So Bhagavan's uh, statement is non-yar in Tamil. So that actually could be who am I or what am I because it doesn't put it into one single thing. The moment you ask who, you have already assumed that it is an object or another person. But non-yar is an inquisitive question. There is just the I and then keep asking. So I thought that connection was very profound. That's, that's brilliant. It, it could be a translation problem, I agree. Yeah, thank you, Krishna. And this last one is uh, his mention of promissory materialism. <laughs> I like uh, that term. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to listen to one of the lectures of that guy, David uh, Chalmers. What is his, whatever that name was? David Chalmers. So actually, so actually uh, Swami SPG he moderated a session with David Chalmers. So he was asking the questions because he's written a new book called Reality Plus, and it's an interesting book if you want to read. Where David Chalmers. You're talking about David yeah. Chalmers wrote. Yeah. Or? Okay. yeah. Yeah, David Chalmers. Okay. Yeah, I read that book. It's it's uh, interesting, and it comes very close, actually. Uh, Guns, when is your uh, this thing going to be available on Kindle, man? Yeah. So uh, I got the final version day before yesterday. Uh, they are just cleaning up the graphic on one page, so it's it's down to one page, last page problem. <laughs> oh. uh, probably will be done in the next couple of days. And then it will go to press. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, within the next 10 days to a couple of weeks max, it awesome. should be available in India. 
um, and then give it another week to 10 days to be available outside of India. And Guns, if you're on a computer, can you share this flashes the uh, cover page of your book? Yes, yes, I, I will. I will. We'll take, I'm sorry, we'll take 30 more seconds. Please do it fast. Oh, yeah. How do I? Okay, hold on one minute. Show, show the, this thing to your camera, buddy. You got a, a physical copy, is it? No, no, no. It's still being printed. No, I don't have a physical copy yet, but I got the... the okay, oh. let me see if I can do this. Share screen from my phone because I'm on my phone. Uh, yes, screen from your phone. Share. Shanta, you can type in your question now. Start. Oh, broadcast. you went on this chat, not on. I'll the... put it in the other chat. Yes. WhatsApp oh, group. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Can Do you, you see my screen? No. Yes, we can. We can. We can. Okay. So then uh, I have to go to WhatsApp. Yeah. This is the cover. Oh yeah. So. Hi. Um, you can see this zoomed in. You know all all kinds of equations, Morphe stuff. Uh, but but uh, I, I want to say one thing here, uh, a huge thank you to MP uh, who actually des designed this for, for us and, uh, you know, Guntax and I went back and forth with him quite a bit. Um, so this is basically like, you know, the GVAR, human, whatever you want to think about it, all the signs. And then uh, uh, I was trying to show the light cone Basically, in relativity, when you go into the light cone, in this part of the light cone, that means in the future, what's going to happen, all the events that will happen. So just trying to show that it will all end in ohm. And uh, this thing is 2.17, basically. This is uh, from 2.17 of the Gita, where it says Atman is imperishable. You cannot do anything to it. It is always there it, and it is eternal. So, wonderful, yeah. That's the cover, yeah, yes. and then, uh, yeah, yeah MP, you know, is uh, so creative. So, uh, did a little bit of a marketing stunt here, um, and of course, uh, you know, thanks, thanks to Guntax for editing and suggesting a lot of things. So, I took a quote from VK's forward and put it here. Um, so, and then of course. Uh, some of these. This is the back cover. So I can share it in our uh, WhatsApp. You can take a look. I don't want to read through the whole thing here. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So look hey, Is the Kindle it. version coming at around the same time or uh, is that going to take longer? The India version is first. Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. Oh, Kindle. Uh, Kindle will be the second phase. The phase one is India release with the Amazon.co.in and Notion presses uh, their their uh, retail stores and online stores. Okay. And then uh, and then they said they will work on the Kindle and the Amazon.com version cool. uh, outside of India. Yeah. And and I apologize and, for the gentle soft plug because I want to make sure that you know all of us buy his book. <laughs> Yes, no please do. Stuff. I'll do a hard plug. Please go and buy it. <laughs> I don't think we'll sell it here on this group. We'll anyway buy it. 
<laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry for being five minutes late. Let's conclude with our concluding prayer. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschid Dukkha Bhagabhavet Om Shanti 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 Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om So we'll do the next shloka uh, of Manisha Panchakam in the next uh, session. Hari Om. Enjoy your weekend. Hey, Thank thanks you. A lot. Bye. Bye.